Welcome to Grace Abounds. I'm Pastor Jen Shaw, and in this podcast, I'm sharing my Sunday sermons from St. John's Lutheran Church, Palm Desert, California. I'm so grateful that you've joined us, and I trust that these words build you up in faith, hope, and love. About a dozen years ago now, during my first few months at Fuller Seminary in Pasadena, as I was starting to feel called into ordained ministry and wrestling with my own reservations about my worthiness to do so, I attended my home church at the time, Ascension Lutheran in Thousand Oaks. And I was sitting in the pew, watching the pastors prepare communion, and the voice of God inside my heart said, don't you want to be a part of that? And my heart said, I do. That is the first story I told at the very first sermon I preached here at St. John's seven years ago on a rainy baptism of our Lord Sunday at the beginning of a new year, 2016, with no idea of the joys and the challenges to follow. But I feel now as I felt then, I am so grateful to be part of this beloved community in which I have the gift of offering communion, of being a part of that, and preaching the gospel, and caring for people, and leading in ministry, and baptizing beloved children of God. After recounting the birth of Jesus, after telling the Christmas story we've been celebrating for the past several weeks, the Gospel of Matthew skips ahead about 30 years. John the Baptist, cousin of Jesus, son of Zechariah the priest and Elizabeth, prophet filled with the Holy Spirit and called to prepare the way of the Lord, has gone out into the wilderness of Judea to the Jordan River, a body of water that runs through the Holy Land from above the Sea of Galilee, through the Sea of Galilee to the Dead Sea. This is a photo I took of the Dead Sea when I had the opportunity to visit the Holy Land in 2011. I noted palm trees in the desert. John is out in the wilderness, standing in the waters of the river, dressed in camel's hair with a leather belt around his waist, living on a diet of grasshoppers and honey, drawing large crowds from the whole region because of his preaching. What would we make of John were he to walk into our worship service right now? Would we listen to him? John is baptizing people for the repentance of sins. And it seems that what John the Baptist was doing in the Jordan River was unique. The Old Testament makes no mention of baptism as we understand it today. Now, there were personal daily cleansing water rituals observed by the Jewish people. And Gentile converts would immerse themselves in water once to signify their conversion to Judaism. They still do so today, as I understand it. But the act of one person baptizing another person once, both Jewish and Gentile, for the repentance of sins 
was apparently new. John associated the holy act of baptism with a holy life that followed. And so John called on his listeners to repent, for the kingdom of God has come near. Repent is the Greek word metanoia, from which we get metamorphosis. And it means to change your mind and your heart, to think and act differently than you did before, to turn around and go in a new direction. I was really taken with the Rose Parade theme this year, turning the corner. It felt fitting and hopeful to me as we enter into a new year, given the past few years that we've had. I also noted a lot of the floats had butterflies on them. Beautiful examples of metamorphosis, of positive change, of growth, of new life and possibilities. Repentance is not apologizing. That's confession, and that's important. But repentance is not feeling sorry about the wrong things you keep doing. Repentance is to stop doing them. When Jesus sets us free from sin, he intends for us to stop sinning, to stop doing and saying those things that are unloving and unhealthy. In the words of Ambrose of Milan, true repentance is to cease from sin. Repentance is living differently every day than we did before in the light of God's grace. The grace the light, the love of God embodied in Jesus Christ, who, as Matthew recounts, goes to John to be baptized, which puzzles John, as it might puzzle us. Jesus does not need a baptism for the repentance of sins. Jesus is without sin. Jesus has just been described by John as the Messiah, the Christ, the Savior of the world who is more powerful, more worthy, more righteous than he. And so it seems proper to John, as I imagine it would seem proper to us, that Jesus baptizes John. But Jesus, as he will do throughout his ministry, upends the expected social hierarchy. He lowers himself. He humbles himself and takes the lower place. He tells John to baptize him. Jesus says to John in his first recorded words in the Gospel of Matthew, to paraphrase the Greek, let it go now. It's fitting for us to do this to fulfill all righteousness. Jesus tells John it's the right thing to do. Jesus did not need a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. Jesus chose to be baptized in solidarity with us. Jesus joined with us in order to save us. Jesus immersed himself in the waters of baptism as he immersed himself in our human condition. Though he is God, he emptied himself and was born in the flesh, joined with us in our humanity. Though he was without sin, he stood among the sinners in the Jordan River, 
Though he was righteous, he embraced the unrighteous. Though he was their Lord, he washed the feet of his disciples. Though he was innocent, he died on the cross. Jesus dove down deep into the waters of our human suffering and death and rose again to life, bringing us with him into life now and forever. Jesus is God taking us by the hand and keeping us in the beautiful language of the prophet Isaiah in Isaiah 42. Jesus fulfills God's promise to send a savior, the suffering servant, in whom God delights, who is filled with the Holy Spirit. The savior who will bring true and lasting justice and peace, not through discarding those who are weak or vulnerable. In the words of Isaiah, he will not quench a dimly burning wick. Not through lording it over other people in power plays, not through violence and retaliation, but through sacrificial, life-giving, triumphant love. A savior who will heal the sick and set the captives free and shine with the light of God's grace for all people. No matter who you are, no matter where you are, no matter what, God's grace is for everyone, even those we might not consider are worthy of it. As Peter is reminded by the Lord in our reading from Acts 10. The Savior who will one day Make all things new, make all things whole, make all things well. And when Jesus the Savior emerges from the waters of baptism, the heavens are opened and the Holy Spirit descends like a dove, a symbol of peace from that time to this. And the voice of God, the Father from heaven, says, This is my Son, the Beloved, with whom I am well pleased. Note that God's delight in Jesus is based in their relationship. You are my Son. Not in what Jesus has or hasn't done. This is the beginning of his public ministry, not the end. The baptism of Jesus reveals the relationship of the Trinity. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. One God, three persons who love and delight in each other forever, who are a divine, eternal relationship of love. God is love. God isn't simply, love isn't simply what God does. Love is who God is. Love is how God is always in his care for us. Picture someone you love deeply in your life. That's a taste of how God loves us. When we are baptized, we are immersed in the divine love of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. The Lord says to us, you are my beloved child with whom I am well pleased. Hear those words again. You are my beloved child with whom I am well pleased. God delights 
in God's relationship with Jesus, and so it is with us. God doesn't love us because of what we've done or failed to do. God loves us because that's who God is, and that's who we are as God's beloved children. It meant a lot to me my freshman year at Westmont College in Santa Barbara, which I've shared in previous sermons was a tough year for me, when my resident advisor and the head of the student handbook committee that I was on saw that I was struggling, mostly with self-esteem and worthiness. There's a theme here. And he said to me, you know, Jen, God doesn't just love you. He likes you. Baptism, like communion, is a message, a means, an expression of God's goodwill, grace, favorable disposition toward us. Baptism is a sacrament from the Latin sacred mysterium, a holy mystery through which God showers us with love. Martin Luther understood baptism in those terms. Luther described baptism as water and the word, the physical, tangible, life-giving element of water, and the promise, the assurance, the word of God in Christ that we are saved. And so Luther said, when our sins or our conscience oppress us, we can find strength and comfort in saying, I am baptized. And by the way, if you haven't been baptized, but you would like to be, see me after the service. <laughs> or send me an email, and we'll take care of that. Beloved, since God so loves us, we ought also to love one another. On New Year's Day, I took a walk on the Big Creek, Bear Creek Canyon Trail, uh, it's just actually a few blocks from my house. Someone asked me after the first service, do you live in the cove? Yes, I do. And you can see, I, I took this picture. It was such a beautiful day. There were rain clouds in the distance. You could kind of see them against the mountains, and the sun was out, and it just felt like the heavens opened, and the love and light and grace of God was showering down in this new year. And as I was going through the photos, thinking I might use some of them for this sermon on this baptism of our Lord Sunday at the beginning of a new year, I saw an interesting connection. There are today just a few steps for me, as there were when Jesus was baptized in the Jordan, palm trees in the desert. The baptism of Jesus is the beginning of of his public ministry. Filled with the Holy Spirit, assured of the love of God, Jesus goes out and shares God's love with others, feeding the hungry, healing the sick, providing for those in need, teaching God's word, setting the example for us. And so we, baptized in Christ, filled with the same Holy Spirit, Assured of God's love for us are to go out and share God's love with others. Care for the sick and feed the hungry and provide for those who are in need and speak the good news of life in Jesus Christ.
And there are so many opportunities to do so as a part of this beloved community here at St. John's. Helping out with fine food distribution, being a part of worship as a communion assistant or reader or usher, coming to our Bible studies, reaching out to those who are ill or homebound with words of comfort and prayer, stepping into a ministry leadership position, all those things I announce at the end of the service every week and that you can find on our info sheet and you can find online on our website. You have the opportunity today and every day to live in to the promise of your baptism, to overflow with the love of God, to speak the good news and do the good work of Jesus Christ, our Savior, and change this world for good. Don't you want to be a part of that? Amen. Thanks for listening. Each week's episode is edited by Nick Cox. Music performed by our St. John's Worship Band. Sermons by me, Pastor Jen Shaw. Make sure to subscribe to hear each week's message. If you'd like to know more about St. John's mission to know Christ and make Christ known, to share the life-giving word and do the life-giving work of Jesus, visit our website, stjohnslutheran.church. May God bless you on this day and in all the days ahead.